This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 119. And the quote of the day is from Bertrand Russell, who said, It is the preoccupation with possessions more than anything else that prevents us from living freely and nobly. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and this session is brought to you by DW Drums. And those of you who listen to this podcast know that I've been playing DW for years, not only because they make great handcrafted drums, but also because they support and foster drumming initiatives all over the world, much like this podcast. Check them out today at dwdrums.com. Support for this podcast is also brought to you by Evans, the leader in innovation 16-inch bass drum heads. From single-ply clear all the way to the EMAD heavyweight bass batter, Evans is producing heads that maximize the power and nuance of smaller bass drums. Check it out today at evansdrumheads.com. Now, the interview that I have today is Keith Sticks McJimson, and the thing that I love about having Keith on the podcast, one, he's new to the scene, so he's currently on tour with Ariana Grande, and that's, you know, a huge, major, major tour, but... He hasn't been doing this forever, so he has a lot of insights on how he grew up to this point, and now, like I said, he's doing this major tour, but it wasn't always like that for him, so he has some really, really good advice about how to get there and how he networked and things like that, so... Definitely some nuggets in there that you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna subtract and, and write down for yourself. So without further ado, let's get into it with Keith McJimson. Keith, what's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. Hey man, thanks for having me, Nick. Absolutely. Glad to be here, man. My pleasure. I was like having people on the podcast when they tell me that they listen to the podcast. That makes me feel makes me feel like somebody's listening to it. <laughs> oh man, dude, it's a it's an honor, man. I, I was, I've heard so many of these, so it's like Oh my God, I'm 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 on here, so I'm trying to like not freak out and just be calm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> be calm. Man, you're playing at huge coliseums and stadiums every day, so this is <laughs> nothing like that. So there's no pressure here, man. We're just we're just going to relax. We're going to talk about drums and we're going to talk about music and life and whatever else comes up. So awesome, man. So I always like to get the backstory of my guests because I'm, I know that a lot of the listeners know who you are, but the, you know, there's other people who may not know who you are. So just talk a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into a little bit of your history too. Yeah, cool, man. Well, my name's Sticks. Um, I grew up in L.A., um, started playing drums like many other people um, in church, man, like age five, mm-hmm. um, and then from there... You know, all throughout middle school, high school, played multiple instruments. And then I'm from Los Angeles, too. So, you know, I was born in L.A. and and just kind of like made my way through the scene in L.A. over the years, man. And then uh, now I'm currently on tour with uh, Ariana Grande. Nice. That's the yeah. shortest. That's the shortest bio I've ever heard. <laughs> You're like, I played drums and uh, yeah, and now I'm on tour. So what else do you need? to Yeah. <laughs> So let's yeah. dig down a little bit. So when you came up, um, you were mentioning that you started playing in church. So what kind of stuff were you doing? Were you doing anything outside of church music or were you just, was it just church? Yeah, man. Like for the most part, when I was, you know, growing up, it was, it was just church, man. Um, and in fact, it was like church, like four times a week, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, were you not allowed <laughs> to listen to or play other music? 
Uh, no, actually, man, I, I, I was, man. My, my mom, and she still does. She has like, like a lot of you know old like records, like the vinyl, man, mm-hmm. like Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know. So I was, nice. I was hip to that stuff too. But, but I mainly enjoy listening to like gospel music, man. Like that was like, like that that was my anchor, for sure. Sure. So is that uh I'm guessing that that Calvin Rogers is an influence of yours? Oh yeah, a major influence, man. Which I didn't realize speaking of of the gospel scene, I didn't realize that Gerald Hayward was sort of the first guy to really to break out of the gospel scene and go mainstream. I never I never knew that and I learned that through through our conversation that we had together. Yeah. Yeah, like Jay, like Gerald, he's a he's a godfather, man. <laughs> yeah, I did. I honestly, I didn't, and I feel I must feel stupid admitting it, but I had, I had no. And I'll be honest with you, like I, you know, I'm a white kid that grew up in the burbs, so I didn't, I didn't grow up playing church music, and I didn't grow up with gospel, but I'm familiar with it, and I and I know the lineage of drumming. I just had no idea that that Gerald had such an integral part of like not only. Uh, not only of going to the other side and and starting playing mainstream music and doing these tours, but also helping other people get there too, and sort of breaking yeah. down the boundaries and say, "Hey, you can do you can do both," you know. And somebody like Calvin went and did you know went to the other side and did all the stuff with uh, who was he on tour? He was did like uh, R Kelly, I R think Kelly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he yeah. said, "You know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to go back," which is interesting too. So yeah, now nah, he's man, Gerald, Gerald, he's a great guy. I've met him on several occasions, man, and he's always, like, just like, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Always laughing, right? <laughs> always laughing and joking, <laughs> yeah. man. And so, yeah, like, he's he's the guy that paved the way for a lot of us, man. Yeah, it's a, it's just interesting to hear. So what type of what type of stuff were you not only listening to, but what kind of stuff were you playing? Because you have, I mean, you got chops. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So everybody knows that you have chops, but you also have a great pocket as well. If you didn't, you wouldn't be doing the the size tours that you're doing. Yeah. So what kind of stuff were you practicing to not only develop your chops, but then to also say, all right, I'm going to refine these chops and I'm going to be able to groove and and play musically as well. Well, yeah, man. Like outside of gospel, you know, I grew up listening to uh, to Dennis Chambers and Dave Weckl and and um, Huge Vinnie Caillou fan, man. Like huge. Who's not? <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember like watching that video, man, on YouTube. Where like I think it was like Gad and and Weckle and uh and Vinny, man. All mm-hmm. in, like the these, uh like, the Buddy suits. Rich the Buddy yeah. Rich tribute. Yeah, 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 yep. man. Like I remember seeing that video and just like, dude, I want to, I want to feel like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, just like growing up, man. Um, Watching videos, man. Back then, it, it wasn't really YouTube. It was VHS, you know? Yep, DCI videos. And yeah, exactly, man, you know? Um, yeah, and, like, I, I, I grew up listening to, like, Dennis Chambers, man, when he was playing with, like, P-Funk. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Dennis Dennis had a fat pocket, but he also can, like, blaze drums like like no other, you know? Right, right. So I took, I, I took my... my uh, my following after Dennis a lot, man, I was like, dude, that 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 guy can groove, but man, he he's playing some like major pocket, man. Mm-hmm. So Plus, when I was at church, they they wouldn't really let me do too much chops. Like I had to hold down the pocket at church, you know, playing for the choir. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So what's a what or maybe not now because you're you're touring, but what's a normal 
what would a practice routine look like for you? And the reason why I ask, because I get so many people who send me messages and, you know, they'll send me messages on Facebook or send me emails and say, what should I practice? How should I practice? What's the best way to improve my chops? What's the best way to improve my groove and things like that? So everybody that I have on here, I'm always interested to hear how they practice because everyone practices differently. And the way that you do it may resonate with someone where the way that, you know, maybe somebody like, I don't know, Jojo Mayer doesn't resonate with somebody or vice versa. So I always like to get everyone's opinion about practice, how to practice, what they practice, et cetera. Oh, cool. Well, um, I always start off because, you know, I was I was in marching band. So I always start off warming up my hands first and just kind of getting loose. But I would, man, I would choose something, whether it be, you know, independence or trying to do like linear fills or you know, paradiddles around a kit. I would always choose something and start off real slow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like probably like forty BPM, right? Because it's 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 always harder to do it slow than to do it fast. You know, absolutely. People don't. I was so, talking about who was I just talking to the other day about you know trying to trying to play something, trying to play a groove at forty beats a minute. It is oh, hard, and yeah. to make it feel good, it's yeah really hard. <laughs> I, I I recently just went down to um, do drum lessons at this uh, online lesson called one called one eighty drums dot com, mm-hmm. and it's like I would teach a lesson, and then we would do a, a different video called a practice video, and I had to break everything down that I was doing at forty beats per minute, and it was so hard. Me. It's so it, hard. It, was, it was killing me. I was like, hold up, can I get this down real quick? But like when it was like up to tempo, it was so easy. Sure. So you know, you 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 start slow so you can build that muscle memory and then you slowly speed it up and then I'll implement whatever I was practicing into a groove to like kind of like set it up, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you always want to kind of like come out of a groove to do whatever you're trying to like perfect, you know? Right, right. And you know, I think that people will go on YouTube and they'll see you playing something. And this is by no means to disrespect you, but you're playing it at, you know, 250 beats a minute. But the thing that they're not realizing is that started at 40 beats a minute and then it went to 42 and then it went to 44 exactly. and then 46. Exactly. You know, it's a, I, you're not just sitting down saying, oh, I'm going to play this. I'm going to try this new thing at 250 beats a minute. And, you know, I see it so many times, especially with younger players where, even if it takes them a while to learn the pattern, as soon as they learn it, if they learn it at 60 beats a minute, as soon as they learn the pattern, they go right from 60 to 180. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. you got to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, nah, it's like, and don't, and don't get me wrong, sometimes I do, I'll give them a kid and just pass out, but I'm already. Uh, we're all up. guilty of it. Yeah. I hold up. F- 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 you know, pause, get down to the foundation. Let's, let's, let's break it down. And that way, also, too. Like that way, you're 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 cleaner when you play it. If you mm-hmm. can break it down, you know, mm-hmm. you break it down, you work it out, and you get the accuracy right. You get the clean, you know, make it clean. It'll sound better, you know. Right, right. So, would you say you're a strong rudimental player too? Yeah, when I was in when I was in high school, man, I was all about the Blue Devils. Yeah, <laughs> I was all about the Blue Devils, Santa Clara Vanguard. You know, I was gonna march center snare with Scott Johnson. But, you know, I, but then, like, when I got to 11th grade, I was like, man, you know what? That's not what I want to do. I want to I want to play on the on, on the main stage. But those rudiments helped a lot, man, like helped a lot, you know. Sure. Like my hand, hands can do things that, you know, that 
I never thought possible, you know, because mm-hmm. of breaking down the rudiments and, and, and now I can apply it around a kid. Right. Now there's a, I interviewed Michael Carvin and he talks about the importance of rudiments and he equates it to the alphabet. And he says, you know, if you learn 26 rudiments, that's like learning the alphabet. So if you don't learn the alphabet, you can't form words, you can't form sentences, you can't tell a story. And it's the same thing with the rudiments that if you don't know your rudiments, then how are you supposed to speak on the drums and you should at least respect the craft enough to, to know your rudiments, at least, at least 26, you don't have to learn, you know, all 40, you know, 40 plus the, plus the, uh, the hybrids, the hybrids and, all and all that, that yeah. stuff. You, that, I think that's great. I think that, you know, you should strive towards that, but at least learn the 26 rudiments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree, you know, cause that's, that's the foundation of, of, of drumming, man. Like, um, horn players and keyboard players, they have chords and, and scales. We have rudiments, you know? Right. And you have to learn them. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. Like, it's it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a must-have, and it just makes you, it, you, you can access more information, you know, mm-hmm. to apply to the kit if you know more rudiments. Sure. Sure. I totally agree. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the current tour that you're on, and I would have... I want to talk about how you got this gig and I want you to sort of walk us down that path. I don't want you to just say, well, I knew this guy and I got the gig. So, (laughs) so let's, let's walk down that road a little bit because the listeners, there's a lot of listeners that say, man, I want to do, I want to do bigger tours. I want to, you know, play on the main stage, like you said. So one, let, this is a two part question. One, what is your advice for those people and two how did you do it specifically i want you to break it down like how this thing yeah. came about yeah this would be real easy man because i i just did a q a on my facebook page man so it's like real fresh in my mind so basically um i started pursuing um music full-time about eight years ago man i got my first gig off of Craigslist, man. <laughs> See that? It was, it was, it was, and, and and surprisingly, man, it was a rock band, dude. Like it was, I was just like, I just, I just want to play. Right. So I, I said yeah, and it ended up being like this funk rock band. Um, but it, it you know, obviously, it didn't work out. But what happened was, you know, I think like on our first, like on our first gig, man, I, I ended up um, meeting somebody got their phone number, and then I went to go do a gig with this person, and then I ended, I ended up meeting, like, somebody else, and then, like, it, it was almost like every gig that I did, like, linked me to, like, you know, just just, just this whole, like, tower of, like, success, you know? Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, I was like, man, you know, I realized that, like, every gig that I took and everything that I, that I did um, kind of, like, was on top of each other, and it was, like, a stepping stone to, like, the the next thing. Sure. So I would, so I would say, I would say, um, you know, if, if you're starting out and you're trying to get out there, you know what I mean? Like you're going to have to pay your dues. You're mm-hmm. going to have to do those, you know, do those free gigs, you know, every now and then, because you never know what it's going to lead to, you know, sure. like I've, I've done free gigs and all of a sudden it just opened up the door for me to meet like new people and, 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 it's like, hey, man, we want to have you. So, you know, like, put yourself out there. And then the second thing is to build relationships, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't I can't stress this enough. If people don't know you, they can't hire you. Right. You know? Right. And so <clears throat> when when you're out networking and you're trying to, you know, get these gigs, um, um, 
you know, genuinely build build solid um, foundation with, with with people because you know people hate when when they just see that you just want something from them and not really want to like be friends and like right. family, you know. And so building those strong foundations with people are 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 what's important because people want to play with folks they trust, like. Like they want to know, hey, is he gonna be on time? Right. Is he gonna come prepare with the music? You know what I mean? Like, is he gonna be a good hang? Like, that's what they 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 want to know. Like, everyone can play. There's heaps of talent out there, right. you know. But not everybody is good people, and not everybody's reliable. Not everybody comes on time. Not 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 everyone learns the music. So, you know, like maybe three years ago, man, I remember it was like on New Year's Eve, and I I I made this like vow to myself. I was like, man, you know what? Next year is going to be my year. I'm going to treat every gig that I got, whether it's paid or not, like it's the most important gig in the world to me, man. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And and with like within months, man, like all of a sudden, like my phone started ringing for more stuff. Like, hey, man, come to the studio and play on this track. Hey, man, I want you to come fly here with me and play on this gig. And then all of a sudden, people that I never like even heard of was calling my phone and was just like, hey, you know, like, I want you to come do this. And then, um, like, to, like, kind of, like, fast forward, that in that same year, um, I got the call for, for the Ariana Grande gig, man. Like, my friend, like, I, it, was a, it was a Wednesday night, man. I remember it was, like, it was a Wednesday night. I was having dinner. He called my phone. He was like, hey, man, so uh, I got the MD job for this uh, artist named Ariana Grande you know, and I'm just thinking like, hey, you want to play? And I was just like, I didn't know, who she, I, I didn't know, I, I did not know who she was. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and then like, I go, I go look her up, and I'm just like, what? I'm like, dude, I've been hearing her songs on the radio, right, blah right. blah, and like, just start freaking out, dude. But the thing is, is like, I've known that guy for so long, and he's and he has never called me for any gigs, but mm-hmm. that was the one gig that he was like. I want to get this guy on because I've seen that he's been like showing up to his gigs and like he's been crushing these gigs and like I I I want to bring him on, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's yeah, you got to know people, but people got to know that like you are reliable and that you're going to show up on the gig on time and you're going to be there early and you're going to come like super prepared. Like, man, when they say learn, if they send me five songs but say hey, we're going to do two, I still learn five. Right. Like right. it, it doesn't matter, man. And what that did was that created like a a a, a work ethic that's like almost second nature to me now. You know, mm-hmm. like I show up early. I'm the drummer. I'm gonna get there early so that I can set up my drums before anyone else gets there. So that became a habit, man. It was just like every every gig. I was never late to any gigs. I was always on time in the rehearsals, just being productive. And all of a sudden, like it paid off, man. Mm-hmm. So I would say to anybody that's really looking to try to, you know, to get out there, it's like, hey, you know, like give it your all, you know, don't slack, work hard. Like it takes hard work. It it doesn't happen overnight, you know? Mm-hmm. I had the the privilege of interviewing Ken Lewis today. I don't know if you know who Ken Lewis is. He's a producer, mixer, and 70, 73 number one singles, 43 oh. Grammy nominations, 13 Grammy wins. Uh, 60 gold and platinum records. I mean, this guy's, you know, done it big time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, one of the things that we were talking about today was, was building 
building relationships with people that are genuine and no one came out of the womb knowing everyone. No yeah. one moved to LA. Well, you were born in LA, but nobody moves to LA or New York or Miami or Nashville and knows everyone. And they work at it and they work at it and they work at it. And the way that you become an overnight success is you work at it for 10 years. Exactly. You know, and we like were there, like, there is no shortcut. Like I, people, you know, people, all the time, they they kind of ask me that question, and they expect like a quick answer to like get there. And I'm just like, sorry, man, like yep. there's no shortcut. Like you have to work at it, mm-hmm. you know. And it kind of works hand in hand. Like you have to get to know people because you can either choose if you're gonna work with them too, you know. Because not not everybody is good people, you know. Sure. Like you want to get to know, you know what? I don't know about them. They're not cool. Let me go over here, you know. Mm-hmm. So it it. It, it it works in your favor on both ways, you know, mm-hmm. but it does take time and it does take effort and people have to know you just, just point blank. You and know? people want to work with people that they like and trust. I I wrote this article maybe almost a year ago now. It's called the secret to getting gigs. And it was basically the article was about networking because, you know, everything I've ever accomplished in my career with anything has been through networking through friends through mutual relationships through mutual mutually beneficial relationships i should say and usually if i'm reaching out to someone i'm reaching out to see how i can help them first yeah and i'm not asking for anything so i'll go out and say hey man you know if if somebody was coming into town and i knew they were coming into town and i wanted to connect with them i would say hey i know you're coming into town to do this this clinic uh you know can i help you promote it or whatever, whatever the case may. Hey, I know that you're, you know, this band's coming into town, and my band is in that town. You know, can can we maybe help you load in or something? You know, on yeah, a smaller yeah. scale. So it's always about reaching out and and just trying to to sort of because it's hard because you're you're trying to create a friendship out of nothing. Yeah, exactly, and you and, and you have to be tactful too. Mm-hmm. Um, you you don't want to be overbearing and mm-hmm. and and annoying. You know, I, I get messages all the time from people, you know, just like giving me their phone number and say, hey, check out my YouTube and like, you know, send my number to people. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> I don't even like, know well, who you are. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't know who you are. You know what I mean? Like a hello. How are you? Would have been would have been nice. You know, right. but not just like here's my YouTube page. You know, here's my number. Like, send to, you know, give it to people, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, well. I can't vouch for you because I don't I don't know you. All right. So yeah, but yeah, you definitely got to be tactful about it and not come off as annoying. You know, like right. so it's a very thin line of like networking and, and then being annoying. You know, mm-hmm. and there's it's amazing even just through the podcast how many people that I'm friends with now that I wasn't friends with before. I mean, like to the point where when I got married, they sent me text messages and were like, "Hey man, congratulations!" Like you know, friends that that two yeah. years ago I didn't. I didn't have. So it's a, to me, I like making new relationships and I, I like making, you know, I like reaching out to people and, and connecting with people, but it's just amazing the power in that and the things that come about. I mean, there's a guy that I met 13 years ago, haven't, hadn't seen him in 13 years and saw him at NAM and he connected me with like four other people just because I kept fostering that relationship over 13 years, you know, and it's, yeah. just, it's, and Man. you don't know where it's going to lead, but it's just, be a good person, man, and and be a good friend and and add yeah. value. It's almost like you you become friends because you like them, 
But then, like, when when the work comes, that's the bonus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you're, you know, you know, you know what? Like, you're you're good people. Even if we didn't play music, I still would hang out with you. You know, right, right. But we happen to be doing the same thing, so it just makes it that that you know even more sweeter. You know, I, I couldn't agree more, man. I could yeah. not agree more. So I guess this is your first. This is the first major tour that you've done, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, first major tour. So what's the what's the plan after the tour? Man, um, honestly, to, to keep my gig and, and <laughs> to keep to, to to keep my gig and to man, like, because you know she's gonna have a long career, man. So mm-hmm. if 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 I can keep my gig with her, man, and that'll that'll be sweet. But also. Just to continue to grow as a as a person and, and and a drummer man and like, you know, I I love doing studio stuff. So I'm hoping that like you know this will bring out more work mm-hmm. when I have like my downtime, you know, and just honestly play with anybody who calls, man. Anybody who's like, hey, I want you to come do this. Like I'll like let's do it. But yeah, I want I definitely want to keep my gig though, <laughs> and I want to get and I want to do I want to like go on the the next tour, you know? Right, right, right. Right. So, yeah. Who's one person you'd love to play with? Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Our, Stevie Wonder, our Tower of Power, our Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of those. Yeah. Man, like, I'm I, an old school guy. I, I, I love that stuff. I, I think I'd want to play with Sting, too. I'll put that Sting. on the list, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, that's, I don't know. Just because I love dope. it. I love Vinny yeah. Calhoun. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, Vinny kills that gig, man. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it's for me. It's either one of those three: Stevie, Earth, Wind, and Fire, or because I mean, it's just like that. Like that drum chair is just all about pocket and being tasty, and yep. that's like that's where my strength lies, right there, man. Being tasty, mm-hmm. pocket. That's what it's all about, man. That's where everybody's strength should lie, because that's what that's what gets you the gig. That's why they call you for the gig, man. Yeah, and like we can even touch on that for a second, man. Like. You know, um, Ariana is a is a is a very um, gifted individual, man. And like, she just not only can she sing, but she's very musically inclined, man. Mm-hmm. And she hears everything. I mean, everything. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, like getting getting the drum chair for me, man. All right, I have to sound like the record because she knows. She knows she knows every stem in Pro Tools. She knows everything she recorded. And if you're not sounding like that, she'll tell you, like, I don't right. I don't like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So so, you know, this gig doesn't require a lot of chops. I mean, I have my moments where like it's a drum break and I just do my thing, but ninety percent of the gig, man, is keeping the groove and locking with the band. And just like being that big foundation of the show, you mm-hmm. know. And plus, you're playing with sequencers and click tracks and all kinds man, of stuff too. I, I I have electronics. I have triggers, man. I'm 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 I'm, I'm triggering sounds from the record because we take out we take out as many drums as possible out of Pro Tools so that it just sounds cleaner. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have like a drummer playing on top of a Pro Tools, right? So and like we get. You know, we get recorded by multi-track every night, man. So if she wanted to be like, I just want to hear what the drummer's doing. Right. You know what I mean? I'm Put under it under a microscope. microscope. Yep. Exactly, man. So it's like, 
you know, be, and, and, and honestly, like, it that helps me bring my A game because I know that she hears everything. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, man, you know what? Every night I got to be consistent and I got to and I got to bring it, you know, because right. at any point they could be like, I just I just want to hear what he's playing, you mm-hmm. know. Now, so, how much experience did you have with playing with sequencers and click tracks and electronics um, and all that stuff before this? I, I, I had I had a lot of experience, man, because in, in church we were running Ableton and Pro Tools. And I, I even I was even running tracks for um, an artist named Mark Ballas, who's on Dance with the Stars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had I had many like I had many like much experience doing doing that kind of stuff. I got you. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure if that's a because there's I mean there's a definite learning curve for you know learning how to trigger sequences and and you know playing with a click track especially and and countins and all that stuff you know there's yeah, definitely a learning curve for that yeah like definitely def, definitely in the pop scene man that's gonna have like you have to be comfortable playing with the click and Pro Tools and 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 slates are we call them countins counting or slates mm-hmm. but that's definitely like the the thing for drummers man like learning how to play and that's and that's why i'm saying like when you when you practice you start at 40 bpm so you can lock that stuff in so when you're playing to these click tracks and you're playing you know to like loops or whatever it, you're you're sounding solid and you're locking with with click mm-hmm. so everything's done with click like nothing's done without click nowadays right, right. you know so you know that's 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 going to be your your money maker right there. It's like mm-hmm. being able to lock the click and and being able to reproduce a studio sound, but give it that live feel. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know. it. It amazes me how many people don't practice with a click. Yeah, no, you know, man. And it's like I just don't. I don't. I mean, for for groove purposes, Calvin and I were talking about Calvin Rogers and I were talking about. You know, he was saying just taking something and putting that put it at. 60 beats a minute and play for it, play with it for 20 minutes. Yeah. No fills, no nothing. That is, it's hard to do for five minutes, man. I would take, like I used to teach a lot privately. I don't teach, I try not to teach anymore because I think that my whole theory about teaching is I think that if you love teaching, then you should teach. And if you don't love teaching, I don't think that you should do it as a side job. So Absolutely. That, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> and I mean, I know guys that tour and love teaching, so they do both. But I know a lot of guys that are like, well, I'm not on tour, so I'm just going to take all these private students. And I hate teaching, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know? No, nah, man, it's going to be a drag, and you're not helping anybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I had, so I taught for a while, and I came to the realization that I said, I don't, I like teaching in a, in a in the media sense of it so i love doing the podcast i love doing group settings i love doing speeches i do speeches and career consulting and and stuff like that so i love that aspect of it but not sitting there saying here's how you play a double power diddle or something like that anyway i'm getting off on it i'm getting off on a tangent but what i was saying was i used to take my students and just say okay play this groove just kick snare hi-hat just you know two and four on the snare and just play for five minutes no open hi-hat, no accents, no fills, no nothing. And at about minute two and a half, it's like, and up, no, no, no. Now you got to start over. <laughs> now you got to start from the beginning again. So it's definitely something that I encourage the listeners to do is just, you know, play with a click, start slow, and then slowly 
slowly build it up and really work on locking in that groove because I'm going to take the words that Ndugu Chancellor said that no one's ever called him to do a drum solo. No one's ever hired him to do a drum solo. Yeah, no, you're right. You know? And he's played on some of the biggest records in the world. He's played on the biggest pop record ever. So Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Michael Jackson, you can't go wrong with that, man. Right, yeah, you can't. And the thing is, and Ndugu has the chops. You yeah, know? I mean, like, he does. I mean, he can play he anything, does. anything. Yeah, he, and, and, you know, and he, uh, so my high school teacher, man, he uh, he co-wrote that song, Let It Whip, man. And oh, I believe really? He got a, yeah, I believe he got a Grammy for that, too. So, you know, he's he's the guy, man. Yeah. Like, he's he's the guy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, so we're we're talking about Ndugu, we're talking about you, you guys are both in LA, and so I want to ask you, how how much of an impact of it, or how much, what am I saying here, how much, uh, I'm going to have to edit this out, <laughs> how important was it for you to, I, I got to edit that out, I sound like an idiot, no, I'll leave it in there, I don't care, so I just, my brain just stopped working for a second, how important do you think it was that you were in LA uh, to to get the career you want, because I'm under the impression that if you lived in Idaho, then you probably would not be sitting here with me having this conversation. Yeah, I would have. I would probably have to like move to LA. Right. You, like you, you definitely have to be like where the scene is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you, unless you know, somebody came to your town and you had like some coffee with them and you had a great time and they ended up calling you. And and that's how you got a gig, but LA is like definitely where it's at. And I was fortunate enough to be born there, but it it but it wasn't that easy <laughs> just because I was born there. Right, right. Like, it doesn't give you to, like, it doesn't give you a pass. No, not at all, man. Like in fact, it was I was like, whoa, like everybody's coming from. I mean, like I would, you know, when I, when I would be on gigs or I would be like in the studio and you know how they, they always ask the question, where, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? You know? And everybody's like, Oh, I'm from Boston. or I'm from, you know, South Dakota or I'm from Hawaii. And I'm like, I'm from LA. And they go, and everybody goes, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was, I was, I was born here. Like, man, you're the first person that I've ever like played with. Yeah. That's from LA, you know? So everyone definitely moves from, L- from, from wherever, I mean, all across the world to L.A. because that's like where that's where it's happening, man. That's I think where it's happening. That, I think that they said 10,000 people a month moved to L.A. Yes, it's so crowded and it's getting worse. Uh, the, traffic, the traffic is getting even worse, man. I know. I know. <laughs> but if you think about it, though, like out of those 10,000 people, a lot of them are drummers. And so it's stiff competition. But, yeah. you know, so. I think you would agree with me that you have to differentiate yourself. You have to, you know, stand out of the crowd, stand out in the crowd a little bit and, and make your own way. And, you know, if you work hard and network and, and build genuine relationships, man, I think sky's the limit. Yeah, exactly, man. Like you want to, you want people to, when they, when they are thinking about a, a, a certain project, you want your name to pop up in their mind because of mm-hmm. what you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, you know, follow behind your your peers and, and and learn but also like do something that makes you stand out so that way when they're thinking about like i want this kind of drummer you know what i mean like 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 when i watched um the other day i watched this is it you know and mj when everything about putting a band together <laughs> mj was like for 
for drums, you know, I I I like Sugarfoot because when he plays, <laughs> he makes me want to dance. You right, know what I mean? So right. like, so like, it it was just that like that thing about Sugarfoot that Michael was like, man, I want to call him for my tour because he makes me want to dance. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you got to find that thing about yourself and stick to it, and that's what's you know. It, they're gonna call you for that. So you know what? I want to call so and so because, like, this is this is the feel I'm looking for. You right. know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And realize that you're not gonna get every gig, and you're not the right exactly. person for every gig either. Exactly. You know, you you are not. You know, and and I always believe that when when people call you, they call you because they want you, and when they don't call you, it's because they they don't want you. Right. Like it <laughs> it, it, it it just goes both ways. You know, it's like. Sure. It's like when they call Calvin Rogers, man, they call him because they want Calvin. Because they want Calvin. You know? When yep. they call me, they want me. It, right. It just it's just as simple as that. And you can't have that jealousy or that like malicious, you know, heart about it. You just gotta accept it and, and keep honing in on what you're doing. Like I can't I can't do what Calvin is doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like Calvin has his thing on lock. I gotta do what what I'm doing, you know? Right. right. So yeah. Speaking of, of malicious, I watched a video of you talking about about haters in the music industry. Oh man, <laughs> so let's, Dude, that was so long ago too, but but it still it still stands with the message, man. Well, so so you, I'll let you. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor to talk about that message of haters. Yeah, man. I just first of all, I feel like I feel like at at, at some point, man, we we all can make it. You know, so there's no need to there's no need to hate because we're all running this race together. And, and of course, not everyone's going to kind of get on a big tour and, and, and do all that stuff. But, you know, what I mean, there's plenty of work to go around for everybody, man. Mm-hmm. And so when when people hate on each other, man, it just it just makes you look, you know, it just makes you look nasty and, and, and unattractive. And it's just like you're not going to work. Like right. that negative energy is gonna is just not gonna get you anywhere, man. It's gonna keep you at home in your garage with your drums. So I, I'm I'm always saying, like for me, when when like and there are so many of my friends that will get calls for tours and you know, and I'm sitting at home not doing anything, and I'm over here just like, hey man, congratulations. But like being being super genuine about it, like mm-hmm. hey, congrats, man. I'm proud of you. You deserve it. Right. And I was being super genuine, not. Not just saying it, but deep down inside, I'm like, oh, you know, why did he get it? You know, right? Like just being super genuine and being happy for people when they got their opportunities, because I want folks to be happy for me too. When I got, you know, when I get my calls, I want them to be happy. You mm-hmm. know, man, I it's got. Like, they wrote an article about me in Modern Drummer, and my buddy Rich Redman, who plays with with uh, Jason Aldean, you know, he's doing major major tours and you know he what's the first thing he does sends me a text message with a picture of it and he's like awesome man congrats exactly and it's like that's why he's doing major tours like that because he's a he's a genuine guy and builds genuine relationships and is genuinely happy for people and their success yeah because like when you when you're when you when you're happy for people and their success it 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 also gives you faith and motivation to believe that, hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Versus like, oh, why they call him? Like, I should be on the gig and, and you know, I should be doing And then what, and basically what that does is that stops you from learning, period. Yep. 
You know, mm-hmm. when folks get gigs, man, look at them and say, man, what are they doing to get these gigs? Okay, because I did that, man. I took notes. Right. I watched people, man. I watched, I watched hundreds of people <laughs> get gigs, and I'm just like, okay, all right, what are, what are they doing? I'm gonna write, and then I took those things and I just like honed, on, like honed in on them, and was like, oh, you know what, I'm gonna do that. And then, like, I am where I am today because I was, like, watching them and I was learning. and But also just being genuinely happy for them and saying, man, congratulations, man. Like, like you you deserve it. Because they did mm-hmm. deserve it. Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. They did, you know. And so we're all running this race, man. And and and, and we we all can have a piece of the pie. Sure. Like, there's there, there's no reason to, to, to dog anybody or put anybody down, man. You know, being like, being confident um, – and yourself, you know, um, it deflects jealousy. Being con- like being confident, you know, deflects jealousy. So mm-hmm. if you're confident that you're a good enough drummer, people will hire you. And then there's no need to be jealous, man. Right. So you know what? I don't get called for every gig, but I'm grateful for what God has blessed me with and like He's put in my life. I'm grateful, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like we all it, it's work for everybody, right. you know. Right. I agree, man. Can't have a can't have a positive life with a negative attitude, man. Yeah, and 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 to be and to be brutally honest, not everyone can be on on a big major tour. We need people to be playing in clubs, and we need folks to be in bars and restaurants to be spreading the music. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, that's, everybody, that's where everybody I started. has their role. Yeah, and like I and and when I'm home. On 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 my breaks, I still go play in the clubs. Mm-hmm. Like my friends call me, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm there. Let's do it." Right. Like you know, I played Hotel Cafe about you know three I think three three weeks ago with a friend of mine who had her CD her her first her first album, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to play." Right. You know, I'm never too good to go back and play where I started. You sure. know. Sure. I agree, man. So if you had one piece of parting advice that you could give drummers that are coming up, what would it be? Um, it, it would be to work on your character. Yeah. Like work on your character more than you work on your talent. I like, like that. don't like, don't like, don't, you know, don't just like this disregard the talent work on that too, but work on your character more. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes to touring, you know your character is everything, man. Sure. Like people, if p- people need to like you, man. I mean, we're we're on this metal box, you know, and in close proximity, you know, for months at a time, and and you just have to get along with people. You have to yeah. be able to like. It, it can get crazy out there on tour, man. You're you know you're being away from your family. You, you're always in a different location, different hotels every day. You know. So, like, that's already hard enough, so we don't need any a-holes right. on tour, you know? Mm-hmm. So, character, man, is, is, is indeed, like, like it, it, it'll, it'll get you farther than your talent will, for sure. 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 Are you familiar with Jim Rohn? He's an author? Uh, no. Oh, he has, a, he has a quote that says, go to work on yourself harder than you go to work on your business. Oh, wow. It just reminded me of that when you said work on your character more than you work on your talent. But that's a that's that's your original. So I'm going to quote you on that one. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> I it, like it's, it. that's but that's that's man, that's that's kind of what I've always reminded myself. I was like, man, I, I, I like, yes, practice, but just like 
your character, man. Like being able, being able to get along with everybody, man. Because like on like on this tour, I think it's about a hundred and fifty of us on this tour, mm-hmm. and I talk to everybody, but and, and and everyone's different. Like everyone's different, so you have to know how to like adapt to the different personalities, man, and, and and not offend people, and just be just be nice and good, be mm-hmm. happy. Like, hey, I'm living a dream. Right, I'm happy. Right. You know, that's it. <laughs> I, I agree, man. I think that's I think that's some wise wisdom, man. I think everything that you that you said today was wise, and I'm going to be respectful of your time. We're running out of time, but I just want to thank you very much for for taking the time to chat with me today, man. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, I'm completely happy for your success. I wish you more and more success in the future. And uh, man, I would love to have you back again. So yeah, I'm 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 going to be in New York pretty soon man so we're definitely gonna have to link up man that'd be great when i get there yeah yeah but thanks for having me man it's been a pleasure and honestly a dream come true i've always (laughs) i've always said man i want to be on drummer's resource man (laughs) i've heard so many podcasts and and personally i've learned so much so i feel like i owe you a thank you for doing what you're doing because like listening to all the drummers that come through your you know your 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 platform has helped me you know you know, even today, like I'm, I think like two, three weeks ago, I heard Gerald Hayward's mm-hmm. podcast. I'm still, I'm on a big gig, but I'm still learning. Right. It's, well, that means the world to me, stop. man. I, it really yeah. does. It really does. So, so. Keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Cause guys like me, we still need to learn, man. Like it's, it's, you're always learning no matter what. I agree. Well, thank you, man. That, that does, that means the world to me. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. All right, so let's uh, let's connect when you're in New York, man, and safe travels, and you know, break a leg the rest of the tour. Thanks, man. Thank I you. Appreciate it. All right, see you. So there you have it, Mr. Keith Sticks McJimson, and everything that we talked about, including links where how you can connect with him, can be found at drummersresource.com forward slash session one one nine. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummersresource, on Instagram at drummersresource, and on Twitter at drummersrsource. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.